All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Lakers Detailed uh, with myself, Vinay, and with Raj C. Um, I hope you guys are all doing well, uh, having a wonderful Tuesday evening uh, as we record this uh, on Twitter space as well as uh, on, on YouTube live stream. As always, uh, we appreciate everybody uh, joining us and spending time out of their uh, their day to listen to us talk about Lakers basketball. Um, Raj, last night uh, we were on the watch playback watching that game live last night and right. the word stress came out of your mouth many times over and over again and uh, that was definitely one of the more stressful games i think that i've watched uh, in a long long time um you know for the lakers and uh i finally had you know this is probably almost a full 24 hours to decompress from everything mm -hmm. how are you feeling about uh how are you feeling after after that game last night man i'm i'm excited uh, we are up 3-1 on a team, uh, and I think I was asking you the other day, this is the first time, like, we're, uh, you know, you can't look ahead, but we're going to win a playoff series where we're the road team. Like, we don't have home court since, like, the early 2000s, like 2004, 2002, which is, you know, just insane. Uh, it's just not usual. So to be where we started 2-10 and 10, to now have a chance to win a series, um, I'm just happy, man. I, You know, I'm grateful for where we're at and get to talk about a, uh, a good team, one that competes every night and, you know, has a chance to, to actually do something. So I'm good. It was stressful. We were watching it live. I almost, you know, died eight times, three heart attacks, uh, pulled my hair a few times, but, uh, that's, that's what playoff basketball is about. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm having fun with this. Yeah, that, that, that gave definitely, that gave definitely aged me like a few years just because the, the up and downness of that game, you know, obviously yeah. I think everybody's, everybody's hyper-focused on like when we went down, I think 97, 90, and then uh, D'Lo hit three threes and then uh, it, it was basically a nine, two run and we tied the game um, before I think he fouled out of the game. But like that was, it, I, th I think the general consensus feeling like from everybody in the fan base when that happened was like, Oh, this game's over. Like once they went up seven, I think Desmond Bain, there was a play where both Tillman and Jaron Jackson were the first two guys to an offensive rebound uh, after a miss. And it went to Desmond yeah. Bain and he drained that top of the three, top of the arc three. And like, even I was just like, oh, dude, that like, that is a backbreaker. You got bad effort. You got good defense, bad defensive rebounding. And you gave up, you know, like a pretty wide open three for their guy, the guy who was like the hottest on the team last night in terms of scoring. Um, yeah, and I think I think everybody collectively was kind of panicking. And I, I kept trying to say, like on the stream, I was like, okay, there's still like four minutes left. There's still five minutes left. <laughs> yeah. There's still a lot of basketball left. So you know, like anything can happen. And then obviously, um, D'Lo had the barrage of threes that he hit, uh, which was awesome because he was. Not having a very good night um, shooting wise, but those three threes were like humongous uh, threes. So you know, it's it the momentum was crazy um, after that. Happened. I thought that I thought the game was over. That like Bane three step back three to put them up. You know, seven four fifty remaining. I remember, and uh, yeah, I thought that was it, man. Anthony, I think Anthony Davis had like a he's he picked Bane right at half court, and then uh, he tried to drive, and it was just an obvious. We we called it right at the time that it was called. Like he let he you know uh, let his arm get away from his body, and they called that offensive foul. 
And then, yeah, Memphis came right back down. Desmond Bain step back three. Put them up seven. I thought that was, you know, game over. 450, our offense just looked like it was in way too much of the mud to be able to come back. And then, yeah, D'Lo with just the three threes. That's why you That's why you bring D'Angelo Russell here to, uh, to I guess, to make those uh, when they count in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it's it's uh, we'll we'll get to D'Lo. So I, the, the way I was thinking about structuring this one is obviously we have some observations from Game Four um, yeah. that that we can discuss. But there, you know, we are four games into the series now, and mm-hmm. um, you know, Game Five is coming up. Lakers do have you know they they, they did they did play around with their food, which is why I went into overtime and stuff like that. And you know, we we cover the specifics of that, but like. Um, there are themes that have sort of become prevalent in, in the series too, as well, which is something that I think we can carry on uh, over that that'll carry on into the next series. Obviously, whoever we play, assuming we win this series, uh, you know, not, yeah. not, not to jinx ourselves, but like assuming we, we go on and, and we go to the very next um, series, there are some themes that have, that have shown up with players playing well, not playing well, certain things that we expected that are not happening, all that sort of stuff. Um, that have sort of played out here. But to get back just to that game specifically, um, D'Lo has his barrage of threes that happens. And then yeah. it basically comes down to shot for shot. And you and I were talking about this uh, in the DMs even after the game uh, privately. Austin Reeves makes a play off of a LeBron drive to a corner pass to Rui, which turns into a skip pass to Austin. And I shared the highlight because I didn't I actually checked your timeline to see if you shared the highlight first so I could retweet and be like, yeah, look at this play. But you did it. So I was like, let me go, let me go and share it. But Austin makes a play where he pump fakes to get Xavier Tillman out of the way, um, avoids, I want to say, Dylan Brooks's swipe on the right hand side because he closed out on Rui. And then he Euro steps past Desmond Bain, who is frozen in his tracks. Like he, when I say he's frozen, like he, his feet are cement in cement. Right. Bar. And he sidesteps it and gets this quick layup up. Uh, and we were down at the time. I think we were down uh, 102 uh, or something like that yeah, mm-hmm. uh, at the time. And he makes a layup to tie the game. And he, and he does it fast enough where Jaron Jackson, who was playing help side the entire game, and he had I think he had mm-hmm. already blocked, he had already blocked uh, Austin maybe once or twice in the game the same exact way. And he gets his layup off and he makes it. And I thought it was absolutely – I. It, Obviously, the very next play, LeBron tying the game, sending it overtime is going to be is going to be crazy. But Austin making that play, mm-hmm. like, and then you know, you and I just kind of sat back. We're like, dude, this is a second year player doing this, and right. we're, like, and and for him to do it on that level, like, I almost it's like I I am an actual dad, so I had like a proud dad moment. I was just like, I'm so happy that he's getting his chance to show everybody that like this he's not afraid of the moment and he's very capable uh, of doing that what, what did you what did you think about like that moment what, what was going through your mind man so it was like a euro step kind of by right and jackson who blocked you talked about Jack, jackson who blocked everything that night was kind of like a just right off and austin timed that off the glass perfectly to where jackson couldn't get it he looks fearless man like these possessions where i thought that fourth quarter to me, Vinay, these are the two best defensive teams in the West. Obviously, they are, you know, they're kind of mid-tier half-court offenses, even at their best. Um, but I think these are the two best defensive teams. And I think this has been a defensive war ever since basically, you know, game one where we put up 128. But from there, it's felt like kind of a back-and-forth defensive war. 
And I thought you saw that last night. You know, Jaron Jackson Jr. gets some of the jokes for Defensive Player of the Year from Laker fans. But that's an impressive defender. That guy roams the paint, especially when he's able to roam on defense and then Anthony Davis on the other end. And Austin Reeves, like, you know, D'Lo hit those three threes and, you know, that was awesome. But that ball pressure was like, he did not want to, you know, he did not, he, he could not shake that. And LeBron, that pretty much until the late overtime fourth quarter, could not get by his man. And Memphis even, we talked about this in the after game one, if you remember, Vinay. we were like, the next move for Memphis is to move Dylan Brooks off of LeBron and put him on Austin Reeves. And that's exactly what happened last night in the fourth quarter. They moved Tillman to LeBron and they had to use their best guard defender resource on Austin Reeves, which is nuts just to think about in, you know, conceptually. But yeah, he looked, he was the leading scorer last night, by the way, as well, leading scorer and just looked comfortable the whole night. Huge shots. You talked about the layup there. There was a corner three he hit off a LeBron pass as well. I believe that tied the game early in the fourth quarter. Um, there was another play. I, I don't remember if it was in overtime or late fourth quarter where he drove and just put the ball on the rim. Dennis Schroeder drove so many times it would just like turn it over. And uh, Austin drove, got the ball on the backboard. It kind of went out, but AD was there to put it in. And those are just stuff – he was the only guard that could beat his man really last night and penetrate the Memphis defense. And it's crazy. I, I tweeted this like last year, he was a, you know, a fun story on a bad team kind of thing this year. He's the closing shot creator on a lot of nights in, on a playoff team. It's, it's insane. Does not look rattled at all. I'm comfortable every time he shoots, probably should shoot more. Um, but we've, we've gone to him late. We've gone to him to run our offense late. Uh, and it's it's been amazing to watch his his progression and growth every single game. You could tell he's getting more and more comfortable. Um, so yeah, yeah I, I, great. I think his poise, if that's the right yeah. word to use, like his poise that's and right discipline, mm -hmm. yeah, is, is has been tremendous. But that this is a nice over this this is a nice segue into that theme part of it. Like this has been a constant theme now through four games in the playoffs. This is not a this just happened at the end of game four. Like he's had moments game one, he had moments in closing mm -hmm. out. Now we have two games in the first round of the playoffs where LeBron or his or the other Laker teammates are comfortable giving Austin the ball and having him create looks for his teammates. Like one of the threes that D'Lo hits is because Austin attacks the rim and draws Jaron away just enough to get yeah. D'Lo uh, enough separation to just catch and shoot a three. And it is it is crazy to see that. And then I think you've, you've set up his story arc based on like how Twitter sees him very, very clearly. Like it's a fun story. Him and Malik yeah. were having a ton of fun playing basketball. Malik's having a great series or up and down series, but a good series for the Kings. And then he turns into like this role player. Obviously his minutes increase when D'Lo goes down with injury and Beasley gets benched, mm -hmm. all that sort of stuff. And then what ends up happening is everybody's just like, oh, well, he's just getting awarded all these free throws, even though he's in like the 99th percentile of drawing for He's really good at it. They're like, well, wait till he gets to the playoffs and he can't get those calls. Well, he's not getting those calls, but he's still scoring. He's averaging 18, four and four, I want to say, on like almost 50, 41, 80 shooting, which is ridiculous. I mean, yeah. if, you had to, if you had told me that that's a stat line we were getting out of D'Lo, I would be like, it's fantastic. That means that like Dilo is doing his job. Maybe the assist will probably go up. 18 points a game is good. Or if you told me if it was Beasley or if you told me it was any other guard, I'd be like, wow, like we're getting what we paid for basically out of this. But we're getting it out of our second year guy. And it's like, I don't even think fans realize 
how much no. he's offsetting some of the bad, you know, like the, the inability. Like Dennis has had some shooting struggles. Delo's had shooting struggles. Vando had a game where he scored like 11 of our first whatever points at the start of the first mm-hmm. quarter. So I don't want to forget him because he was all the way um, in the first quarter. But now this is a theme that that's going on. And I, and I feel like we're getting – we're close enough now to a point where teams have to put him on the scouting report. And you have to be yeah. like, yo, you have to pay attention to this dude because he can do more than what some of these other guys can do in his position, and we have to respect it. We can't just be like, ah, whatever. We'll just leave him open, or you know, what I mean, like I, I won't, I won't, I won't chase him off of this pick and roll because you know somebody else will take care of it, or, or he's just gonna miss. So it's, it's well, yeah. So like on that point, the playoffs kind of uh, they kind of fade out. You know, players who are real who aren't right. Like there's a lot of players who can score in the regular season, and once you get to the playoffs, teams scout you, they get your counters, and and then you see like, oh, can you score right? Like. Not to you know belabor him, but like Memphis Grizzlies have been very clear. Like Malik Beasley is not getting any open looks. Malik Beasley is not coming off open. I don't care who it is. He's not getting an open look, and he's kind of his shot selection. What he's getting like two shots every you know for his you know per minute basis kind of when he used to fire up shots. Um, and the shots he's taking still are not good, by the way. Uh, but still, like they're they just like taking him out of his rhythm. And Austin, they're still not like game one. Obviously, was the drop coverage on Jaron Jackson Jr. and he cooked that right to close the game, but then they countered. There's no more drop on Austin Reeves. That screen is higher. So now what? What does Austin Reeves do? He attacks them. He goes to the basket. He's finding dudes outside. Two of those threes, actually, Vinay, were from uh, by D'Lo or from Austin. One of them was in transition where he just hooked it up, and the other one was the one you said where he drove and found him at the top of the key. But his ability to—he's a three like three level scorer gets thrown around a lot. I know you've talked about this. But I, I also see it as a guy like, can he get to the line? Is he a threat from the outside, right? And does he have a mid-range game? And if you have all those, it's hard to take you out, even if they're not giving you the call. He's not, you know, he's getting a lot of and ones that aren't being called and ones. Um, but I think the next step that has come, uh, Stan Van Gunny was talking on the broadcast. He's like, I don't know why the Lakers went away from their double drag with Austin Reeves as the ball handler. I'm like, did you just say that? Like, did, does that just come out on national TV where Stan Van Gunny's like, run the ball through Austin Reeves and that's got that's gotten louder and louder as uh as you know we keep going and yeah I don't think this is fake the Memphis Grizzlies with the two like like I think Steven Adams and Brandon Clark are tremendous players I don't think that's the difference between you losing in five you know or you beat like I think they're you know I think they have a big impact but I just like Memphis is a good team like taking them off doesn't make Memphis a poor team they're 35 and 6 at home they still have their cornerstone players john moran desmond bain jaron jackson jr are cornerstone guys for them they took off two role guys to put them in very important key players but this has been super impressive to do this on what i believe is one of the best defensive teams in the league and austin still putting up 20 and you just put the numbers 50 40 basically almost 90 um numbers throughout these throughout this uh first round so yeah Yeah, it's, it's been crazy yeah, and I think the noise is just going to get louder and louder with him um, if, mm-hmm. if the theme for the rest of the players kind of continues. I think some players will probably bounce back depending on who we play against in the next series. Uh, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll get a good idea of what, what that looks like um, just because the Kings and the Warriors are both different kinds of defensive teams. They're not as mm-hmm. physical or rugged in the same way that um, that Memphis would be because Memphis really likes to scrap it up and, and stuff like that. So, um I, I'm just glad. I'm just glad Austin's having such a nice series. And again, like I, I, I think there are some folks that 
Um, and I think there are some teams that like they don't realize how good he is, and then once he starts making a bunch of shots, they're like, "Oh crap!" Like I, we have to worry <laughs> about like these guys. You know, like we, we have to pay attention to this kid. So we'll, we'll see what happens. So um, obviously, the, the the signature the signature part of um, the game was the, the big highlight was LeBron tying tying the game, sending it into overtime, um, mm-hmm. and then basically sealing the game in overtime. And, and Anthony Davis was a part of that overtime sequence too as well. So we'll get to him after LeBron. But, you know, LeBron, like for me, a, a theme that I've seen over the series is, and you alluded to it a little bit, like, like they, yeah, they put Dylan Brooks on LeBron. Um, and, you know, people have been dunking on Dylan Brooks. Apparently he deactivated his Instagram possibly, and he doesn't want to take media or whatever because the Lakers won that game. Uh, neither did John and stuff like that. So I saw a lot of national TV shows talking about him and stuff like that. But LeBron has like, he's like offensively, he's kind of had an up and down series to him and himself. Mm-hmm. And he, again, well, the, the disclaimers are always there. We know he has a bad foot. Uh, we know he's a thousand years old. So I'm, I'm not expecting him to put up 40, 50 every single night. But um, there have been stretches. And there was a stretch in game four when we were watching where he started really settling for that three ball that was not falling for him at all. And yeah. I remember we were watching and I remember I said, I was, I, and, and I said, out loud, I was like, look, if you're going to shoot that three, then just give it to somebody else to shoot it. It's nothing wrong with you as a person. It's just like, it's not falling for you. Like, so let's do that. But I would say like, as the game progressed towards the end, like you can see him saying, no, give him the ball. No, no, you stand yeah. over here, like directing the offense, even if he wasn't the one with the ball. Like, what do you think about like what you've seen? Obviously, heroics aside from game four, like what have you seen like from LeBron over the course of this series? Um, whether it's good or bad or, or just something to think about. By the way, Vinny, I didn't know it was this bad. I just checked. Last three games for LeBron, two for 19 from three, by the way. That's bad that's really bad that's not that's that's unreliably bad like that, that's the nicest way i can say it that means that if we kick it out to you for an open three there's no guarantee that's going in at all so two for nine so um game one he was three for eight so that's you know respectable shooting but yeah two for 19 so there should be some regression to it, lebron's not a two for 19 three-point shooter right like that that's not he's not that bad uh, so you should get some regression coming from there a lot of those though is the ones you talked about they aren't wide open right they're the uh shot clock going down offense has kind of died um and it's he needs to create so it's the stare at the ball step back you know three point that that kind of variety and they're not they're not close shots those are like 35 footers but that so you know chris paul does this on the suns where he really doesn't do much energy until the fourth quarter right there's a lot i'm not saying lebron's doing that per se but i'm saying like there's a little bit of the let me hold this in the tank and that tillman one felt like the okay let me go back in my tank and just grab this one out of there like i i have to i have to get by him i can't settle here we can't lose this game so like he grabbed in the tank and and drove by tillman i think there's some of that going on but i think he's on a team where so i think we were talking about this on playback as well but kind of the none of these guards are kyrie irving like you know what i mean like d'lo austin they're not kyle who knows about austin reeves yet don't want to put a ceiling on the guy but like he's not kyrie irving yet but lebron's on a team where he can give the guards like he deferred a lot in that game to our guards to create even giving dennis Schroeder the ball and screening for dennis he's like dennis go pick on you know they have john moran on you come set the i'll set the screen you drive which 
again, putting our fate into Dennis Schroeder's hands as the offensive player was a little rough to watch live. It uh, it breaks, it, you know, it, it destroys some hearts live. But um, yeah, so there's a lot of that. And then, but fourth quarter, it was okay. I'm turning the corner. Bring up Jaron Jackson. Bring up Xavier Tillman. If you're gonna put a big dude on me. I'm getting by him. I don't care if it's the defensive player of the year. I don't care how physical Xavier Tillman is. I can get by him, get to the basket, at least put the ball on the board and where AD can get, you know, maybe a second chance. Um, but, you know, I think he's managing himself throughout, you know, the play. One thing that's I want to ask you about this, this is the most engaged defensively I think he's been through all season. He has more blocks than he's had in a while. Um, 20 rebounds, which I didn't even notice live. It was like yeah, that, 19 rebounds. I, I was like, what? I, full disclaimer for the people who already watch playback, when when AD and LeBron gave up, there was a couple times where LeBron's man just slept, snuck by him for like whether it was Jaron or whether it was Xavier, mm. they snuck by him to get an offensive rebound. And I and I was I didn't I didn't have the, the box score open in front of me, but full disclosure, I was literally I was just like, bro, has LeBron been rebounding at all this game? <laughs> Cause he's like, I'm just watching him just kind of watch guys. And he had a yeah. play where he just started running off in fast break and he was out of position. And if he had stayed where he had stayed that a long rebound would have came right, right to him, but he wasn't there. But then like the end of the game, they post a stat line and he's got 20 rebounds. I was like, bro, when did he grab 20 rebounds? But you know, that's that not to interrupt, but it's just like, it's no, just, you're good. He was just doing like you were going to say, like he was doing all these small things. We just didn't realize we took it for granted. Yeah, and so what Memphis also did is they started just send two at AD. Like, they were like, you're not, you know, they boxed him out every time. Jaron Jackson Jr., whenever he left, they would um, send Bain or whoever to go box out AD. So they'd see two guys on him. Kind of left LeBron as well to get some boards. He had, like, five offensive rebounds uh, last uh, last night. But, yeah, I, you know, I think he's strangely in a series where you're up 3-1 in a 2-7 matchup paced himself in a way right? like i don't like i don't know that's kind of counterintuitive to like a playoff situation um but it feels like he's really you know paced himself and i i'm hoping he's starting to build as this goes up lebron has done a good job in like playoff series where stepping on you know teams next when they're up when we're, he's up 3-1 um and we closed out a lot of series like that in 2020 we'll see but yeah i i don't think he can just have that burst for 48 minutes anymore but i do think he can pull it out of the hat uh, when he needs it in fourth quarters. And this team should be able to carry him to that point, um, hopefully, you know, throughout uh, as these series go on. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think pacing himself is probably definitely something that he's doing. Um, mm. He's he's probably consistently trying to do. Um, you can tell. You know, I, I the, the other thing I do want to I, I do want to draw attention to is regardless of what his shooting has been and sort of like the lack of athleticism mm -hmm. that he's had, like you could clearly tell, like even before the heroic layup, he had a play where he drove on Xavier Tillman and he just, he was going nowhere with it. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's what ended up being the, the turnover that, that jaw ended up capitalizing on. I think that was the turn. My, my memory may serve me incorrectly, but um, that like you could see it's weird to say it because there's this picture of him and we were talking about this before we, we went live. Like if you follow LeBron his entire career and I, I certainly have, there's many people who have like, you have this view of like immortality with him. And I feel like this season uh, we've seen a lot of mortality out of LeBron, not to say that he hasn't been amazing. Like did he had a 50 game stretch where he was ridiculous right before the trade deadline and stuff like that, obviously gained the scoring record, but you can tell that he has to take some of that energy and put it, compartmentalize it and say, okay, this is what I'm going to do for this game. 
based on mm-hmm. what the rest of my guys are able to do. And it's crazy to say that because we think to ourselves that like, we always think to ourselves, it's like, well, LeBron sets the tone for everybody else. If LeBron comes out aggressive offensively, then Austin will, and AD will, or, you know, everybody else will fill in the gaps. But this series has shown me that LeBron's also hyper. And this is credit to him because this is something that I think, you know, even for guys like Russ and stuff like that, like it's hard for them. It was hard for Carmelo. They they had to have like a sort of come to Jesus moment where they had to figure out how do I fit in with being successful on a basketball team as opposed to what do I like to do? And am I going mm-hmm. to continue doing that? Like it's kudos to LeBron that he's like, he sees Austin. He sees AD. Yeah. He sees Rui. And he says, I'm going to let them do the scoring because they can do it. Right. And then likewise, he trusts them. They, they trust him. Like it, there's a part of that. But he's not just saying just that. He's not saying, okay, I don't have to score today. He's saying, okay, let me take this energy and go put it in something else. So now he's doing mm-hmm. chase down blocks. Again, he had another chase down block on Desmond Bain uh, earlier or, uh, earlier in the game and stuff like that. So it's like he's compartmentalizing all of that energy and just putting it in different places. So it's like it's hard for me to get mad. Like in the moment, of course, I'll be frustrated. I'll be like, Brian, what are you doing? Like don't take a mm-hmm. step back three when you don't have legs. You know what I mean? Like, And I'll get upset about it. But – like when I like, it, if you know me as a Laker fan, like I criticize everybody and I'm defensive of almost everybody. And like, I'll have my favorite players and not die my favorite. So it's like watching LeBron, like I can still step away from the game at the end of the game and go, dude, Ron yeah. was phenomenal. Like, like he got, not only did he make that overtime layup, like he grabbed this rebound, the extra rebound. He did this, he did that. I saw him jump this lane. I saw him do a chase down block. Like I can appreciate all those sort of things. And it's, it's it's just the reason why I think this team can definitely go somewhere more than just mm-hmm. the first round is because of a guy like him. Because I can see Braun saying, okay, next round we're going to play the Kings. I need to be able to do this. But if, if, if D'Lo is making his shots this series, then I don't need to do that. I can go focus yeah. on helping keep Sabonis off the glass or keep, you know, Looney or Draymond or whoever it's going to be. And so it's just, it's just, it's it's very his series. The, his, I think the series for him scoring wise, offensively, has sort of been like kind of mediocre by his own standards. But the extra stuff he's been doing has been absolutely phenomenal. Like especially on the defensive end. Yeah, I think so. Most people probably expected like a thirty-five point per game series, right? Just like normal LeBron stuff, uh, like that he's done before. But I think my favorite thing that you know you said, it's like this redistribution of energy, right? To where like he doesn't have to. Um, distribute all his resources onto scoring or beating guys off the dribble. And yeah, it's going to lead like the playoffs are tough. Like you're not going to win. So like possessions are offense versus defense. Sometimes the defense wins. Like sometimes the defense wins that possession where like they stop everything correctly and you have to take a tough shot, right? The playoffs are about like, can you, can you hit enough tough shots to win? Um, And sometimes the only shot available is that like step back three. And yeah, hopefully he's not shooting it at like a two for 19 pace going forward. Um, But yeah, that my favorite thing has seen LeBron step it up defensively. We've given him the Jaron Jackson Jr. role. And I think he's thrived kind of defending that Jackson. It went under the radar because the, you talked about for some reason, Dylan Brooks is like the eighth most important player on this series. Yet he's the most famous player of this series, which is just like, it just doesn't he's, make he's sense. Crossing, he's crossing, I call it the, the Pat Beverly uh, longitude, latitude yeah. line. It's like there, there's a limit to this the trash talking when it starts turning into bad juju for your like your team. Now you're bringing, you've gone from 
being a guy who's standing up for yourself. And I think that's what I think that's just what Dylan Brooks doesn't realize. Like you've gone from a point of being a guy who takes pride in being a defensive guy and standing your ground right. to now being like this obnoxious dude who who like now you're now now you're disrespecting the game of basketball. You're not mm-hmm. just defending yourself. And I think he crossed that line when he's like, oh, if you don't score 40 on me, then because it, it's, it's like a, it's like arguing against Twitter. Like the moment you say, I don't respect somebody who doesn't score 40 on me. Now you're talking to the whole, now the entire NBA league is against you. Yeah. Because you're challenging the entire league to, to, say, to, to meet your standard. And I think he crossed that line. And it's, it's a, it's a basketball gods thing. Cause I know you and I are both superstitious. Yeah. Like once you tempt the basketball gods, you get embarrassed. And, and that's why I think, I think that's just kind of what's happened to him. Uh, well, well, there's like a line, right? Like the gap between Dylan Brooks and like, Ron Artest or Draymond Green, right? The gap there is their production and like their play. Like even if those dudes, I mean, Draymond sometimes says some crazy stuff. Um, uh, Ron Artest, I'm sure, before he was, it was obviously before really social media came, you know, crazy. But he, you know, that he had some crazy battles with Kobe and sent some crazy stuff to him too. But the difference is those dudes came through and competed and uh, and like they helped their team and they weren't actively like. I don't, you can't touch it while you, the other team is actively like telling is daring you to shoot like that's a that's a weird like, I, I don't know how you talk in that situation you know like where you, the other team is actively you know hoping that you shoot while you're criticizing LeBron on the other end whatever too much Dylan Brooks already his Instagram should not be a story you know what I mean like Kudos, kudos to, kudos to, um, kudos to the players, but also kudos to him and the, and and the the guys with the with the defensive uh, scouting and whatnot, like just to make sure that um, like these guys know you need to challenge this guy. Don't challenge this dude. Like take you know like help crash the glass because freaking you know Aunt Santi Aldama or whoever else that they yeah. have is, is crashing the glass there. Right. Yeah. So like, yeah, I I thought, you know, putting him on Jackson has really, you know, rejuvenated him. And I thought he's done well on him. We've kind of kept AD off of Jackson as much as we could. And, you know, I don't think LeBron forgets quotes very much, but, you know, we talked about this before the series started, the Desmond Bain, I don't hear footsteps, you know, quote from (laughs) last year. I think Bron has blocked him like eight times this series already on chase downs. Desmond Bain already is a, you know, small arms, big dude finishes yeah. kind of you know at the right he, he, he elbowed the hell out of anthony davis's balls right in front of the ref and the ref was just like play on i was like how did you not <laughs> like how did you not see this how did you not see it happen like and then they show it on tnt sorry to interrupt you again but it's just like, no you're good i was like incredulous i was like bro you could see him step into him and then i was just like where's the ref like maybe he didn't have a good angle but the ref is just like literally looking at the elbow make yeah. connect with his balls and i was just like this can't be real. Like we can't just. This can't be a play on. But you know. Nah, anyway. and, and and TNT had like a montage of it, right? They had a whole like <laughs> montage of like you know the balls getting hit, which is so strange. You don't usually see that 
uh, they had it ready too. They had it ready like after the the Jaron Jackson Jr. one, uh, where he hit Dennis Schroeder. They had like a five video montage like ready. I was like, wow. (laughs) And only like two of those got called, you know, which is which is funny. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, with LeBron, I you know I think his defense has been. I was worried that that was the thing that wouldn't arrive, like his engagement on that end. And I think he's been engaged. And I, I like not putting him on Dylan Brooks. We've talked about this, uh, putting LeBron on someone that he just does not – respect is a strong word, but like does not fear in terms of an offensive player. Uh, he tends to, you know, uh, kind of spacewalk. And uh, it, it disengages you in a way where, like, I think it's great having him on someone – like Jaron Jackson Jr., where you kind of have to be engaged, where you're also the backside helper, right? Where you're also your second in like uh, weak side block responsibilities. Like I think all that is is really good for him. And then again, being able to just here, Austin. I don't need it. Like if Dylan Brooks is pressuring me 35 feet, the counter isn't blow by him every time. Like that's a ton of work. The right. counter is just hit hit ahead to Austin Reeves. You know, yeah. um, so that's a that's a nice thing to be able to do that we just couldn't do in in previous years um so yeah it's it's nice to see his uh redistribution of, of energy like you talked about yeah yeah I, I i think that's been really good and um like on the topic of like defense and stuff like and and you know blocks and and, and that sort of thing um anthony davis has had a pretty spectacular like defensive series um, yeah his offense is like lebron his offensive series or actually more like delo like his offensive series has been very game to game like it's you know mm-hmm. uh the He's, it's been very, very inconsistent. And some of that is because of what Memphis has been doing. Memphis has been, you know, not necessarily outright doubling him, but they're crowding his space. They're not letting him get any easy rhythm. They hardly allow, allow him enough time to even do an ISO against anybody. Um, it's by design. You know, they have Jaron Jackson helping all the time. Anytime anybody goes to the room, including Anthony Davis uh, himself. So, like, he's had an up and down offensive series, but he's had – a pretty fantastic defensive series um, through these four games. And it's gotten to the point where like a team, like, you know, I don't know why certain teams keep testing it, like why certain players keep testing them, but they just keep doing that. And it's just, it's just not working out. And in the first half of this game four, he was all over the place. He was blocking everything. Like a guy pump fakes to get one, one Laker up in the air. And then goes to the layup or takes a shot, and he was just flying out of nowhere to block shots. And it's really nice to see him. For me personally, it's really nice to see his defensive mobility really kind of be there because that yeah. was a concern with all the lower leg injuries that he's had. Like, is he going to be able to move around or is he going to be stuck in this drop coverage? And he hasn't. He's been pretty, yeah. pretty fantastic. Um, what do you what do you think about Anthony Davis like in this series? Man, uh, so what? Well. Before I start, some like I don't think so. Obviously, Anthony Davis is human. Like he knows if he scores eight points, it's gonna be plastered everywhere. Right? Like if he scores ten points, I feel like when I've been thinking about this, I think they've told him, "Don't worry about scoring." Like you know, like get your shots within the flow of the offense. Because obviously, Anthony Davis knows like he should be a twenty ten. That's kind of the standard for big man, right? Like superstar big man, twenty and ten is kind of the baseline, but. I think he's been told like just be a defensive monster and that's what he's been. And I, I get the, um, the criticism on his offensive game. Like I'm, I'm a part of that as well. I do think there's places he can score more, but I think the defense should be, you know, that's, that's the thing that should be in the megaphone. He's been fantastic. 
we've done so jaw obviously you know he, he had his hand hurt but i mean still dropped 45 so i don't know how much i mean i'm sure the hand isn't feeling great but like still he's still getting to his spots we've taken we've made life so hard on him and the lakers have kind of put it in a spot and you talked about they're driving on him but that's kind of our game plan too right we're kind of like we're gonna funnel everything into ad and then we're gonna have super ball pressure dudes like jared vanderbilt and dennis schroeder chase over and go under when it's appropriate when the screen's like higher than the three-point line if it's under the three-point line chase over the top make them feel you and then force jaw jaw took 24 shots last night eight for 24 six six of them were threes you know what i mean very very few in the paint we forced desmond bain into 29 shot attempts to get his 30 points um and all those tough mid-range step back shots taking away the basket trying to run bain off the three-point line but uh, all that to me is revolving around AD's ability to keep John in front of him, keep that pick and roll game a two on two, right? So basically, if it's a screen and roll, you want to keep the screen and roll a two on two and then stay at home kind of with everyone else while whoever's guarding Dylan Brooks kind of cheats over. But I thought they would put AD on like Dylan Brooks and let him roam, but that's like they put him on Tillman uh, and let, you know, let him roam off of that. And Tillman had one game where he kind of had an out of body experience, but after that, it's been. It's been Xavier Tillman basketball after that, so he's he's had like seven eight points. But uh, yeah, I think he's been incredible, man. And and I think he has like fifteen blocks in the series so far in four games, which is nuts. Uh, had like seven in game one. His defense has been fantastic. They need him to score more than eight. I wish the floor was like a little higher. It shouldn't be 38, 10, 35, and then eight again. Like there's a should be a way to get him some middle ground. But I think they've told him. And what do you think about? It? Do you agree with that? That they've just told him. Don't worry about offense. Like, if you take 10 shots a game, it's fine. Because there's got to be, like, conversations had. Like, 13 shots for AD, that sounds on purpose. That doesn't sound like, you know what I mean? Like, I, it sounds weird when you say it out loud. 13 shots in 43 minutes or whatever it was. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I think it's that. And it's like, if you think about, like, the tale of, like, the just – if you try to contextualize like how all the games have gone, like that game mm -hmm. three or which one, whichever one was the blowout game. Like there was, a, there was a blowout game at one point. Um, so like he wasn't going to probably shoot too much or he may have scored a whole bunch of points in that game, but it's like the first half of this game, uh, the first half of game four, he was like, the team was like rolling on all cylinders up until like the last couple minutes. Mm -hmm. And so like, if it's the guards that are making shots, if it's Austin or if it's Rui going off, like it, it's I, I you know i guess it's it's similar to like the lebron thing like he's just not he's just reading what's happening on the floor and he's going based on that so if they're not playing him very hard you know like if they're letting him do one-on-ones or they're not boxing him out on the glass like he's crashing the glass getting offensive rebounds putbacks that sort of stuff um but it, it seems like he's he's taken um sort of like the same approach that lebron has i would say like to some degree like he's just mm -hmm. like he's reading what's happening offensively on the floor or how he's being covered or the team is being covered because like i you know game four is a nice example there was a point where it was basically a three-on-three -three basketball game like it was it was like the three guards versus the three guards and whoever mm -hmm. could win that three-on-three -three matchup while lebron and jared jackson and ad and xavier tillman kind of removed themselves and we're just like basically face guarding each other. And so I think when that kind of stuff happens, it uh, he takes a step back as long as his guys are being effective. You know, like D'Lo has to call for the screen for AD to come and do it because Ham is letting them freestyle. 
or, or Austin has to call for the screen so that they run it if it's not a designed action. Um, we see that with like LeBron. When LeBron comes up, he's like, he's calling for the specific guard that he wants to come screen for him. It's not a called action. It's a LeBron action freestyle. But yeah, I mean, maybe he's doing the same thing that LeBron's doing. He's like, look, if I'm not going to be doing it on the offensive end because these guys are doing it, let me channel all my energy into being uh, on top of the, the uh, defensively. Let, let me follow up just one thing with that. Is that good process? You know what I mean? So obviously that works in round one, right? Where, yeah, read the defense. Uh, even Memphis is really good though. So again, maybe it just works, but like there's a, there's a, like, there's a fine line between like taking what the give defense gives you and then like manipulating the defense to get what you want. Right. So like, again, he gets compared to Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, and those dudes are a little bit more offensive savvy, savvy than I think Anthony Davis is. I think he's a better defender um, than both of them in totality but uh yeah so that's where it's interesting to me like to me again not to move ahead but against like a warrior series i don't think ad can have a i don't think we're winning games with ad having 10 points like i just i i, I don't think you're keeping up sacramento right like i don't think you're keeping up offensively if ad is at like 12 points a game right like if it's if he's getting the ball against sabonis and then um they're sending you know malik monk to double that's not a license to give the ball up, right? Like it's Malik Monk coming to double you when you have Sabonis on the underneath. You should be able to take advantage of that. So there's like a fine line to me in there, but yeah, I always wonder like, is that good process? There's a lot of bad process stuff last night, right? There's the, that one Dennis floater went in. I remember I was asking you, I was like, is that good process? Yeah. Like you literally, Dev, yeah, like, you literally asked that, that out loud. Yeah. I was like, is that good process? Dev, Dennis shooter hitting like a, you know, one hand floater over Jaren Jackson jr. To like cut the lead to five. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I go back and forth with that. Obviously, uh, it's great. Get out around one, but I'm just like, I think there has to be a higher floor for him to, for us to reach higher heights. AD has to be a little bit more aggressive. 14 shots to me is, is low. And I think that's part of the game plan maybe of this series, but going forward, I think, you know, I'd like his shot attempts to be up, have his jumper a little bit part of the equation, right? He doesn't need to be a dunk only five. Like, I think there's too much skill there for him mm. to completely remove any skill work from his game which he kind of has in this series it's a lot of dunks post-ups jump hooks um not a lot of pick and pop action which i think makes him a special offensive player too so yeah it's it's interesting for ad yeah 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 I, it, it's it's interesting because i i'd like i think i've been a pretty big uh i've been a pretty pretty vocal about like Anthony, like the one thing I always love to say about like AD is like he's got like this weird inconsistent motor, um, yeah. that can happen within a game, that can happen like in between games, it can happen you know in a series, and, we, and we've seen that happen here. We didn't see it in the bubble so much, but maybe maybe because of the environment, and obviously he's also working through an injury situation to himself. He was pretty banged up like during the game itself, like he landed on his hip uh, attempting a layup. So he was, you know, he was sore on that front. And I, like, again, he got elbowed by a guy, you know, by, uh, who am I thinking of? Desmond Bain, like Desmond Bain, early yeah. in the game too. So I don't know how that affected him, but like that motor of his, and then they are being physical with him. He's not necessarily getting calls, but you know, it's sure. Again, like you said, he's not touching the ball as much either. Um, and I think you're right. There, there should be a way for us to get him more looks. I just, I, I, I don't know how that's going to come, at least in this series right now, because I think Memphis is very, very committed to taking him away. And that may not change, honestly, like that, that may not change in the next series either. So like the, the silver linings part of it, or like the, the glass half full away is 
the Lakers are having to learn how to play when – the rest of the Lakers are having to learn how they have to play when Anthony Davis is taken out of the game offensively because of the coverages. So that's kind of good. Yeah, I mean, for sure. And look, I think, you know, D'Lo has to contribute a little bit more than, uh, you know, just fourth quarters. Like, need him in the first three quarters as well. And Austin Reeves obviously has picked it up. Um, Dennis Schroeder is starting to play better in this series. Last two games has, has played well, um, picked it up offensively. But, yeah, I, I think there's ways he can go a little quicker. It's just, to me, Vinay, it surrounds on jump shooting. Like, if you're not going to take a jump shot at all, then yeah, sometimes you're gonna have 14 shots or 12 shots, right? Because you're not gonna get a dunk or a deep seal on every possession in the playoffs. It's too aggressive, it's too physical. Dylan Brooks is pushing him out of his spots. They're letting Jaron Jackson Jr. push him out of his spots. Um, they're not gonna call those bumps. Like it's the playoffs, they're not calling those touch bumps. And it's kind of just they're allowing it to be um one-on-one physicality, uh, which you know, AD has a tendency tendency to like being pushed out farther than he wants to if you watch him post up he'll start at like extended free throw line then he'll catch it like a step under the three-point line and that's like way farther than he wants to catch the ball and like to me that's where there's got to be a way for him to like stand his ground or catch it a little deeper but um yeah they're obviously not going to force it with Rui's you know explosion this playoffs Austin Reeves we've talked about uh LeBron obviously will still have on-ball duties I think AD can get lost sometimes as like just a screener, just a post-up guy. So um, I hope, you know, going forward, we kind of look for him a little bit more, get him some quick ones. It's weird. I think you talked about this too. Like there's games where like when he starts out hot, he'll get going, right? So he'll have like 10 points in the first four minutes. And it's like, oh, okay. Like he's going to be aggressive tonight. And there's other ones where like last game, he had like six points going into the fourth quarter. It's like, it's it's such a gap between um, his offensive explosions. But I think they're telling him, like, it's fine. Just be a defensive monster, and maybe that works, you know, for this team, at least for right now, for the makeup of it. Yeah, it's – it's. I, I guess it works because we're – you know, there we do have games where, like, we're still scoring in the paint and stuff like that because the guards are getting into the paint uh, or LeBron yeah. getting shots in the paint. So we are – like, I wouldn't say um, – I wouldn't say, like, his uh, – what's it called? Like, his effectiveness has been inconsistent, but – I feel like if I mean the fact that he had two 30 point games is also kind of nice because I think to myself, like, okay, if he if we did give him consistent touches and we were giving him 20 shots a game or whatever it is, like, you know, mm-hmm. we would probably get something out of it. And obviously the coverages would make uh, a, a coverages would, would make a big difference too as well. Um, and so that brings me to the next guy, um, which is uh you know, the guy that we are expecting to be what Austin has been in this series, uh, at least in my Ooh. opinion, um, which is Delo. Uh and he has had not a very good shooting series uh, at all. Like that, that, that is the theme of this series. Mm-hmm. And I know he had, a, he had his heroic moment, um, you know, with the three threes uh, in this past game, which uh, look role players. Like in my mind, he's a role player, right? He's not a star player. He's a role player for the Lakers. If you're not LeBron mm-hmm. or AD, you're basically a role player. And if you can play above your role or be an above average role player, you can be incredibly successful. Um, and this team can be very yeah. successful if you're uh, great in your role. And like he hasn't had a good shooting series, uh, and that is not a surprise because I know you and I discussed very extensively um, that Memphis knows who D'Lo is, and they played against him in the first round. Same thing with Vando, same thing with Beasley. Um, and we talked way before the series started. We talked about how Desmond Bain kind of gave a quick rundown of like who has to be covered and who has to be uncovered 
And Desmond Bain essentially said before the series started, we can't let Malik get open looks, and we like our matchup against the rest of the guys that they have on the floor. They mm-hmm. probably didn't realize Austin would be as good as he is, but like you know, like they've sort of kept D'Lo in check um, for the most part. So he's had sort of an inconsistent series. And look, he's also again disclaimer: he's had a bunch of injuries that he's missed games for. You know, the Lakers went; he missed nine games after he was traded to the Lakers and the Lakers went six and three in those games that he missed. So the reason why we didn't feel the sting of his losses is because of guys like Dennis Schroeder and Austin Reeves being so good um, and basically stepping into his role and stuff like that. Um, But his minutes, if you take a look at his minutes in these games that he's played so far, his minutes are starting to slip into like the Vando, um, like that, that Vando territory, like the mid twenties, like he's not going to, he's not getting, if he doesn't come out hot or if he doesn't come out hitting a couple of shots or, you know, getting a bunch of assists, like facilitating for guys like this last game, I think he got under 30 minutes or maybe he got barely 30 minutes and Austin played 41 minutes in that yeah. game. Um, Dennis, I remember tweeting out um, prior, prior to the fourth quarter. I said, Dennis may have to play all the fourth quarter minutes just because of his yeah. defense against, against um, uh, Ja. Uh, because we can't play Vando because Vando can't shoot. And Dennis is at least somewhat of a rim attacking threat, um, and, and he can chase Jaw around. Um, and that was obviously before D'Lo made his shots and stuff like that. But he hasn't had a good series. And I don't feel bad about saying that because, like, we need him to have a good series. Like, whatever happens in the next round or the rest of this round, like, we need him to be better than what he is now. We can't have him get erased by single coverage. Like, we can't have yeah. him get, get physically uh, – and it, the reason why I'm hard on him is because I'm watching Austin, a second-year player, do it. And I know D'Lo's capable of doing it, you know? Like, like I've seen him be capable of so before. And he started off the second half making three, like, middies, like mid-range jumpers, mm-hmm. off-floaters. And he played through the physicality that 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 uh, Memphis was trying to deliver on him. So I know it's there. It's just a matter yeah. of when, when are we going to activate it? Like, when are we going to, you know, when are we going to see it consistently? But – um, I'm always gonna be optimistic about him. I, I just, I like I told you before, I, I I've got to see it, man. Like I, I, I got to see it consistently out of him. What, what, what are your yeah. thoughts on him? Yeah, it, it's not a great look when like you know Austin's blowing up next to him, right? It's not like the best look for him. I look, I, I think D'Lo's been really up and down. You talked about that start to the second half though, where it's like where was that all game? You can get to that whenever you want. And you talked about the you know the past playoffs as well, where like he hasn't been great. They are. We just did a whole conversation on Anthony Davis. They are allocating so many resources to Anthony Davis that, like, D'Lo should be able to shake free through that, right? Through that lens. I'm not. We're not asking him to be a number one. We're quietly not even asking him to be a number two. We're just like, hey, you should be a punish closeouts. You should be a punish rotating defenses, right? We're not even asking him to be the one that bends or breaks defenses. We want him to be the one that's attacking an already compromised defense. And he should kill in those spots. Like, he should destroy. There's no reason, obviously, the three threes for him puts his up to 17 points. But before that, he was at, like, what, six points or something like that? Six or eight points. Like, there's, in a game where it was so murky, like, that's why you have a guy like this, to be able to get to his spot. And he takes a lot of shots where it's like we're on a run and he hears the crowd and he wants to, like, he wants to break the crowd open, you know, like he takes a lot of those shots where yeah. he's not in any kind of any kind of offensive rhythm 
and he takes them and i'm like let's get a little bit better you're too skilled like you don't need to set yourself up as like a, only a shooter who you know takes like tough transition threes get to the basket get to your floater game he's too good like to not to finishes at the rim uh he can finish at the rim when he wants to when he gets there but yeah up and down series uh, just been really you know inconsistent i think memphis's ball pressure has really bothered him by the way like you could tell um they have guys up on him that's the scout the scouting department on him is to get up into him be physical um and he he's talked about this though Vinay. he said i'm not gonna force it if they like you know like if they pressure me i'm gonna give the ball like i'm i'm gonna play my game throughout which again is fine in some instances but sometimes in the playoffs like if they're pushing up on you, you have to go by them. Like you meet force with force. You can't always meet force with finesse or shyness. Like sometimes you have to meet force with force. And Memphis is a team that's going to punch you in the mouth. And you have to be ready to like swing right back. And sometimes I feel like he doesn't. And it it, it leads to him taking these like ball gets closed out on him. Guy kind of short closes and he like fires up a three as a second thought, right? As like, you know, as a last resort where it's like, no, go up with confidence or, like, move or swing the ball. So um, he's, it's been a strange series for him uh, defensively, too, last night. Just a ton of really terrible decisions, I thought. And one on Jaron Jackson Jr., the Desmond Bain foul to foul out. Um, there was another one where it was just really poor. The, the take foul, yeah. He, he, oh, the take I'm foul, yes. was very upset with that take foul that he got. <laughs> that he, he did instead of just letting Jaw take. I think it was Jaw. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Just a lazy take foul there. Oh, it was, it was uh, a clear path, right? It wasn't even a take foul. You're right. I think they call clear yes, path. yes, yes, yes. Clear so. path, yeah. And Memphis was on a run at that time. Uh, it was like a it was a take foul at the end. And those are the plays like just mentally. I'm not asking. You're not going to be a lockdown defender, but just like. Again, the, he's not as good a defender as Dennis Schroeder, obviously. But the gap can't be this. Like, the gap can't be this. Like, it can't be what it is right now. And I think that's the part where we were talking about it live. We're like, I don't think D'Angelo Russell should play in this in this fourth quarter. That's the type of game he was having. And he proved us wrong by hitting those clutch threes. But, like, we were like, I don't, right? We were like, I don't think he can play this fourth yeah. quarter. Like, Can, I, can, can I just say something about that real quick? This is just yeah. because you, you used the word proved us wrong. Like, Okay, like I see this, like Lakers, Lakers, again, tweet how you want, whatever. I'm not going to tell you how to fan, but like th uh, there's this one thing that our fan base does that's not like it's not irritating, but it's just like, why do we do this? Like, but it, it's it's the apology form thing. When a guy mm -hmm. is playing oh, poorly yeah. the entire time, and then he and people are like, bro, this guy is playing poorly. He's right not playing well that is the objective way of talking about somebody in basketball right like that's just if you support a team you don't care who it is you just want to win the game if a role player is playing bad or even if your star is playing bad like people have no issues ever making like trashing ad when he's having a bad game laker fans included right like we're like the first ones to trash him but for some reason we can't say d is having a bad game and then when he finally makes a couple of shots it's like oh well, you need to apologize to d for no he's having a terrible series even with the shots that he made last night, he is genuinely having a bad series shooting wise. He's like, like I said, but he is a smart guy. And I know he's very capable of breaking out of this funk. He's moving the ball. He's had an eight assist game, a seven assist game. So I know he's smart. I know he's very capable. Yeah. Um, he's not holding on to the ball too much. Sometimes he does, but for the most part, he doesn't. Just like you described, he gets the ball out of his hands quickly. But dude, this thing of like, he was horrendous the whole time, like 95% of the game. And then this 5%, yeah. mind you, he made those three threes. 
missed the very next three shots he took, and then fouled out of the game because he made a really boneheaded foul on Desmond Bain. Awful no reach on, yeah. on Desmond Bain. Yeah. Uh, and and like it's it's fine. You know, we I I don't want to take away from how important he was to to our win, but it's just like we keep doing this thing where it's just like, oh, now we should apologize for all the <laughs> this other stuff. He says, no, I need, I'd like, we have to acknowledge that because we need him to be good. Like teams are going 100%. to take that same scouting report and say, this is what we're going to do to D'Lo because this is what he's going to do. And I need D'Lo to be like, no, like I'm not going to, if your description is absolutely perfect. Sometimes you have to, you have to match force with force. We don't say that just about D'Lo. We say that about Anthony Davis too as well. You can't yeah. finesse your way around big guys that want to be physical with you. You've got to meet them head on sometimes and, and make the ref have to make a call or finish with physicality uh, and, and around them or over them. And, you know, that that is the thing that I think you've perfectly described it. Like, it's the thing that Dilo is still trying to figure out. And but he can't always lean on finesse because sometimes that doesn't work. And, and we need right. force. And he's naturally a finesse player, right? And so that that's fine. Like I, I think that's okay. But I think finesse players also have to have counters, right? Once people move into force and they're like, okay, we're gonna be super high ball pressure on you. Like again, he's not as good as these players, but it, like if you watch Booker or Kyrie, like all these other like really star guards who are super finesse, they also like you can't just get him up into them because they'll draw the foul, right? Dennis Schroeder is a little bit more physical, but he'll like griftier way to the line. Um, D'Lo can do some of that as well. He can get himself to the foul line. That there's ways he can impact that. And you know, just big picture here, like we're gonna have to decide if D'Lo and Austin Reeves is the starting backcourt of our next few years. Like this is what this summer is about, right? And uh, I think Austin is. I think Laker fans have been very clear on like where they stand there. I think D'Lo's it's still up in the air. We'll see. Um, he's gonna ask for you know whatever. You know, I think Dave McMenamin came out with like the thirty. Five million or something, right there. I, I can tell you right now, I would, I would. I mean, we could discuss it in the off season when we yeah. do like an off season episode. But if he asked me for thirty five million dollars, like the very my bullet point answer, my short answer is no because he hasn't played more than sixty games in a season, and because I don't know what I'm going to get in the playoffs with yeah. him. And yeah, that's that's not to say he doesn't deserve it. It's not to say that like like I'm very aware of what the Lakers' record was like after we traded for mm-hmm. him. But it's like Austin's also really good and. Vando mm-hmm. is also really good, and Rui's also been really good. And you know, yeah. Malik has been off to the wayside, but he is actually still like our one of our best shooters on the floor if he gets enough volume and stuff like that. So it's like, if we have to think about money and yeah, what how we can make that dollar work a little bit more better for us, like I wouldn't say like I, I wouldn't say yes immediately to thirty five, but but from a salary cap perspective, I'd certainly be like, no, no, no you have to retain him somehow. 100%. Don't don't just let him walk for nothing. Yeah. yeah, I I guess just my only backdrop to that to like, I think these games are important for D-Lo's going forward. Like, you know, regular season is what it is. I think these playoffs really decide his fate here. And he's played well in a few of these games, right? The shooting won't be there, but like there's games where like, even if he's five for 14, he has a seven assist, move the ball enough around yeah. to where, again, though, he's not being asked to be a one or two even sometimes. Like he needs to be able to capitalize like those that three where Austin drove ridiculous pass, you know, I think we were on a run going to the half, ball swing swing, wide open D'Angelo Russell. You got to hit those. Like that those yeah, the, have the, to the wide wide open one, yeah. Wide open ball move three times, like you're on a crazy run. Those are the ones where like those have to, you know, go down. That's what you're here for. Yeah. Um and that's what you you know, that's what you're paid for to to hit those type of shots. So 
Hopefully he hits them, hits them going forward. He's going to have more chances. Again, LeBron, AD, Austin Reeves are going to uh, penetrate the defense enough to where he's attacking defenses that are already closing out, already compromised. He should kill in those. Like, there's no reason he shouldn't. We're not asking him to even be a, you know, run 50 pick and rolls a game. Like, he's not even asking him to do that. He, we're asking him to, like, score off of spot-up shots, and he's he should be more than uh, qualified to score those. So, we'll see. He shot over – by the way, he shot over 45% for the first time in a playoff <laughs> yeah. game last night. Yeah, I know, so. I know Rome was – Rome was like, I'm, I'm hoping he finally has a game where he shoots over 50%. I was like, I hope so, too. It's like – it's I'd like I need to see him do it because I can't, you know, I the scouting report can't be so easy. Be physical with him, and then now he's mm-hmm. basically taken out of the game. And um, you know, he might also be playing carefully. You know, there's there's that. I wouldn't say that's what he's doing, but there there are players that like in contract years are very selective with their shots because they don't want to be like the guy <laughs> that lost a series or lost a game for you. Nobody wants to be that guy, um, and and you know, be the butt end of jokes or be the you know. Lakers Twitter, once we, one, yeah. one fascinating part of Lakers Twitter is once they fixate on exactly one person that they want to blame for everything, like that person's going to be trending for the night. So it's just like nobody wants to be that guy in, in a loss or in, in a bad performance in general. So um, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, I don't know if it'll happen this series, but maybe with some more time off, maybe with a different matchup, if we make it past this round, like uh, uh, maybe he sees a softer coverage or a different scouting report on him. Um, mm-hmm. And he's able to break out a little bit more. Maybe the pace of the game changes because, dude, these like I, I remember tweeting this. I think after the second game, like this game, this series, or no, I, maybe before the series even started, like this this series needs to be prison ball. Like they need to like they, mm-hmm. these guys need to like wrestle, and it needs to be jungle ball for the Lakers to win this because that's how Memphis is going to try to win these games. They're just going to try to beat the crap out of everybody that's on our team, and you know like. Braun has answered, AD has answered, Rui has been – we haven't even gotten to Rui yet, who's yeah. what I want to cover next. But, like, like we've met that channel. Like, Austin's been in it. Like, he's scrapping and Vando's in it and scrapping. Dennis last night was, like, amazing. Like, there was a possession where, like, he basically was chasing Jaw around the entire possession with a live ball yeah. and forced him into a bad floater. And I was like, this is – like, I couldn't ask for more better defense on this on this possession from from a, from a somebody defending Jaw. But, like – We've got to win these rock fights, and um, you know we can go right into it. The, the guy that's helped us off the bench do it, Rui Hachimura. Like he's Man. come in, and you know he didn't have that great of an offensive game um, last game. But he, you know, like when D'Lo fouls out, we, were, me and you, were both like on, on the on the catch. We're like, oh, thank God, Rui's coming in because we need rebounding and we need size on the floor. And Rui has answered the call more or less whenever we want. And last game was the first game I think might be the first game where the bench unit actually won their minutes uh, yeah. instead of losing their minutes that like they have over the course of the series. Um, what, do, what do you think about like just kind of Rui's impact, like his first foray with the Lakers into, into the playoffs? So I think, you, you know, you learn a lot about a player in their bad games. Like I think, you know, when they can't make shots, I think you learn a ton. Um, and I thought, you know, so last night was Rui's first bad playoff game. He was two for nine, I think if i have his numbers correctly um or he you know he, he didn't shoot well but i thought his rebounding was fantastic i thought in the overtime like you said those toughness battles those like getting a rebound where three other people have the ball and have their hand on the ball like being able to grab those and pull those in um i thought those were huge for him and he had a huge three as well last night he just comes in and just 
is super confident. We're starting to like run stuff for him um, and, you know, throwing into the post and hitting knockdown threes. And he's kind of doing what, you know, you would hope someone like a guy, a role guy on a LeBron AD team, like just attack off the resources that they're using on other, on them, like be able to take advantage of those. And I thought he's doing that. Uh, and again, last night was a, a poor offensive now uh, night for him, but he's been great, man. And I think the defense has been just phenomenal at that. Him, LeBron, and AD is just a huge front line. It gives us such a massive, you know, uh, advantage when we can throw both, all the three of those guys on the boards, and we're throwing him on Jackson on sometimes. There, were, there were plays last night, man. I'm, I'm going to post those ones later, but he was like, so they were trying to pick on him as the screener. So they'd have like his man come set the screen, and Jaw would attack him, and he would like perfect verticality on John Morant. I'm like, oh shit, like that's that wasn't there in Washington for sure. Like that's, that wasn't there, you know? And like he, he was, he had enough verticality to like allow AD to come over and help, but that's the stuff. Like the offense to me is like just marginalizing a guy who could always score into a winning environment. But the defense to me is my favorite part. Like him, you know, uh, in a stance and uh, coming over for blocks or um, verticality, like that's been fun to watch his growth. And like you said, this is a rock fight and he's a guy that's, more than down with it there was a play in game three where uh david roddy fouled him too hard and he's like you know and he's like and i think you said he didn't know who fouled him but like he didn't know who pushed him in the back or whatever but i like that he's he gets into it and i think yeah. that's so important for you know for these playoff runs you, you have to have guys that are who are willing to not fight obviously but just mix it up and and i think he's one of those dudes yeah, I, I think his like his personality has sort of come out in like the playoffs. Like people mm -hmm. see him smiling, and this is like people are finding like you could see him like having fun and stuff like that. Like while he's on the floor when they, when they're playing well and he's making shots. Um, I, I, you you hit it perfectly. I think game four you saw more of like the defensive side of him. He's like a real big body. You know what I mean? Like like he's yeah. absorbing collisions. And like he like he'll get taken off of his feet too on some of these collisions. It's not like he's just standing his ground the whole time. These are these are you know like high octane collisions and stuff like that that he's getting. Um, you know, I've been I was gonna ask you this question. Like um, a lot of people have been comparing him to Kawhi, and I don't know if Kawhi is the right comp for him. I think that's like the dream that people have that like Phil Handy will work his magic and he'll do that. But you know, I, I don't know uh -huh. if Rui's handles are as good as Kawhi's because Kawhi has some pretty fantastic handles and footwork. And I don't think Rudy's a, I think Rui is closer to a guy like Tobias Harris in the way that he plays. And yeah. the reason why I say that is because of his sort of lack of footwork, like the way mm -hmm. he likes to do it. He, he likes to use jump stops the way he kind of like watching him do his spin moves that lead to the jump shots reminds me a lot of Tobias Harris, the way he posts guys up reminds me, he doesn't have the three ball that Tobias does. But like this series, he's had games where he's nailing a bunch of threes. So it's just like if he starts becoming like, you know, a guy who can make at least 35% of his threes on a regular basis, like I like that comp for him better because yeah. you see how Tobias gets used with the Sixers. He's kind of used as a floor spacer and we kind of use him like that too. The only difference is that he's very selective about when he's going to take the three. Like he won't just take the three. Like if he feels like it's a good shot for him, he'll take it. Otherwise, he'll he'll go right to wherever his spot is. And and I see him do that with I see Tobias do that a lot. And like when when Embiid is out or Harden mm -hmm. is out, 
like they they can go ISO. They like they they give it to Tobias in the post, or they give him those ISO looks in the mid range, and they say go figure it out. And and he usually delivers. He's a um, low volume, decent percentage shooter in yeah. that regards. And so, what do you think of that comp? You think he's? Do you, you think that's like a little bit more apt? Can you see it? I, I definitely so Kawhi is an anomaly, right? That's a dude that you know averages thirty five on like fifty forty ninety. I don't like not being a Clipper fan here. I just think like Kawhi is just an absurd playoff. He's, he's, he's crazy when he's healthy. He's, he's he's crazy. Yeah, he's the one guy where when he shoots, I think it's going in. I don't care what he shoots. It's like that that shot is going in. Um, and you know hopefully he gets back next year. His Clippers are out of the playoffs. I think they lost tonight. Um, but no, that's a good comp. Honestly, Tobias Harris. Is one of my like least favorite players. Like I like actually that comp is really apt. It's just that's a guy that like he doesn't defend. He does like like Tobias does none of that stuff. Like he doesn't give you rim protection. Doesn't really switch well in my opinion. Um, so Rui at least gives you that defense stuff. But I think the offense comparing comparison is good. I think Rui's more of like a post up fully guy. Tobias Harris more like I think Tobias Harris attacks a little bit more. Um, but no, I think that's a really good offensive comp actually for for them. Uh, I don't know what Harris shoots from three. I think he's a better three-point shooter, at least at this stage. Harris is just might just be overpaid. That's probably like why I look at him in that right. I think Harris got like a max deal from the Sixers, like like the thirty. I think he's making like thirty million dollars a year or something like that. So like he's just getting an absurd amount um, for Tobias Harris. But no, I like the offensive comp for him. It's just I think the defense stuff is where Rui's kind of already maybe passed him. I don't know what you think about that. I think Rui's already like a better defensive kind of uh like player for them i don't know what tobias harris does for philly as much but i like the offensive comp for sure uh Kawhi is kind of more the play style though like if you look if you watch both of them it looks like a carbon copy Rui just obviously doesn't score as much uh isn't as efficient in all the stuff that Kawhi gives you but um yeah i think like i think tobias harris is probably more apt like to what the player he can become which is you know, a steal for Kendrick Nunn in a few seconds, by the way, which is what the trade was. So, um, yeah, I, I like that comp. I think I think that's interesting. I think just having a mid-range assassin who's 250, like, you know, 250 pounds and, like, 6'8", that's just such a luxury in the playoffs to where it's tough to get open threes and layups and where you have to live in that range. And that's where um, Rui wants to get to. If you have to run him off the three-point line, uh, that's a tough, you know, thing for your defense when you already have to do so much else. If Rui's another guy that you have to like allocate where he is and take him off the three point line, but uh, yeah, I think that I think that's a good comp for sure. I just Tobias feels like such a uh, like I watch. I guess I've watched Philly just collapse so many times. Like <laughs> you know, it's like Tobias. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a Doc Rivers hallmark. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not even gonna yeah I, yeah. It's it's just like um. I don't know how to describe it, but like if I had to, if I had to cut tape, it, it's more like mm-hmm. um, Rui's like hips, like for for the people who are like the basketball coaches, like that are, that are listening in the space or whatever, or the basketball development guys that are in the, like his hips, like they're not fluid, like he doesn't get separation the yeah. same way that everybody else does. But I think like I think you're right, like his shot selection is leans more towards Kawhi's prefer preferred areas and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's more like Kawhi. He just doesn't get to those spots the same way, um, but he's like he's definitely he seems more rugged uh, of a defender than like Tobias is. But like I see Tobias have to guard guys that like Rui would have to guard. So like I could see like if the Sixers played, um, if the Sixers played, you know the the Memphis, they'd put like Tobias on Jaron Jackson 
and they'd be okay mm-hmm. with like playing them together against each other because they'd be like, right, you know, Tobias is strong. It's just it, it it popped in my mind the other day because I was just like, he's not exactly like Kawhi, and I know, yeah, that Lakers Twitter keeps you know he's working with Phil Handy, and Phil Handy's been saying, oh, he reminds <laughs> me of this other guy, which is you know Phil Handy's a, a legend in terms of skills training, so I I won't disagree with that. Um, it's just I, I I never see it on the court that way. Um, like I don't see him break down guys with a live dribble like Kawhi does and get like some of that crazy separation that he does. It's it's a little more um, rigid, but it, yeah, it's neither here nor there. Way. But the theme with Rui so far has just basically been he is your he should be getting at least ten shots, ten to twelve shots a game for however many minutes he's playing, just because he's offensively talented enough, especially in ISO situations in that mid range area where we should be giving him the ball if it's not in an ISO, but like a design set and the Lakers have been using him in pick and roll action. They've been using as a role man. And they've also been using him in that action that we like to use for AD where they go, uh, you know, it's like one, four or one, five. And yeah. then, you know, he, he posts up on that left block and, and Rui's been delivering. And I like that because I feel like that's something that we can, we can work with. It's something that we can mm-hmm. build on even going into the next series do you think that his offense is reliable enough for his his offensive ability is something that we can kind of rely on to some degree? I I think so. I think it's going to be tough to like game plan him out if you're, you know, we just like you're going to have so many other people to kind of account for. Um it looks serious, the jump shot looks real to me like uh I thought, you know, in the last game he was a little bit more tentative tentative with it. Um but like it like he looks confident to me. He's you talked about him smiling after every shot that shows me like a level of comfortability like memphis is one of those teams that like they're gonna make you prove it that like you're here and you're you're for all the physicality and Rui has taken all that on the chin which to me i you never know until you see it and i thought you know he's really shown that so i don't think this is slowing down he's not gonna average 20 what he had 49 in the first two games so he's not gonna average 25 a game in the playoffs but he can live at that 14 through 16 like i like he gets enough in transition. He cuts, I think, pretty well. He's starting to, like, if you put a small defender on him, I like that he's no longer settling, right? Like, I remember we used to run these post-ups for, like, Markeith Morris. And, like, Markeith Morris was always going to go to a fadeaway. There was never, he was no, he was not going to spin you to the rim. And what I like about Rui, he's just like, if you just keep letting me backing down, I'm just going to keep backing down until I get to the front of the rim. And then he'll, like, go up and finish. He had like a really, you know, he had like a and he had like a uh, he got fouled at the rim on, on one like late play where he went to the line and knocked down two clutch free throws. Like he'll he'll mess around inside, and I I like that. I think you know his physicality and his ability to get to the line to hit you know playoff level shots, and then you put in the three pointer there. I I think you can count on him for like the good fourteen to sixteen, and I think he's gonna close a lot of games. Like it just feels that way. If like I feel like they've kind of found something with the Rui, Braun, and AD. Vando's gonna continue to start, in my opinion. But I think Rui looks like he's gonna be in closing lineup. So I yeah, I, I think you can count on him. But he seems like it's gonna be pretty uh I think he'll be a consistent twelve to sixteen point a game guy as the as the playoffs go on. What do you think? Yeah, I I I agree with you. I think there's a good chance that he probably closes up. A lot more games than we realize because mm-hmm. because he's shown the ability to rebound and defend like uh, beyond just like uh, in a one-on-one situation um with what's going on also you know like teams may try to play bigger against us they may try to like get our guards off the floor which is why like 
you know, Austin being yeah. as good as drawing fouls and, and meeting force with force and D'Lo not being able to, but us needing him to be able to is, is such a big deal um, because teams are going to test our metal in that regards. And so um, I also like that um, I would say like Ham has found some balance with Vando and Rui, like in terms of when to deploy them and when not to deploy them. I think he's gotten, mm-hmm. he's gotten better at recognizing and this is, it's been a theme throughout the, throughout this series is like, He's been very tactical with how he deploys Vando and Dennis. It's not just throwing them out there and having them figure it out. Granted, yeah, there are some struggles with how people defend Vando. They play off of him, and like that could be part of the reason why LeBron and AD haven't been having amazing offensive series. They're starting both the first half and the second half next to Vando. So, you know, if Bron was used to getting a bunch of touches at the start of the game, or AD was used to getting touches at the start of the game, the because we're trading offense for de- defense, like that's just kind of the trade-off. So it's just like, okay, they're not having good offensive series, but the Lakers are really good defensively. So maybe we'll yeah. learn that, you know, and, and Braun will get going in the second with the second group and stuff like that. So um it's it's I, I think we can rely on him in a pinch for sure. Like when when the possessions goes to hell and we have nothing, like he's a guy like Austin, we can just give him the ball and just be like, try to make a play, you know, for yeah. himself. And 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 I that's something we just haven't had outside of our two stars in a long, long time. This is this is such a different team, right? Because like usually, you know, LeBron teams three and D with the big man, and like these are like we play a bunch of players who like want to get their own, which is just a really strange, you know, LeBron centric team. Um, so I, I think it's fascinating. It really fits into this, and Vanderbilt's such a like I don't know if we're gonna we have time to talk about him, but like he's such a negative on offense like when he's so we talked about this before like we're telling him to shoot which is like he took like four threes in the first quarter hit two of them but it's like i'm not sure that was good process they just went in so we were cheering for it but like he ended like a minus 18 on the night Vinay, by the way jared vanderbilt and i think a lot of that because he's just they don't guard him um and so I think like Rui is just like, it's such a luxury to be like, okay, like this guy's not working. We're putting Rui Hachimura and then Dennis Schroeder kind of takes Vanderbilt's role there as like the on ball guard. And that's just like, I think it's been nice. And then you have Austin as the other ball handler out of that where D'Lo fits into that is interesting too. We'll see. But um, I think, you know, Ham really likes this. Like uh, we closed with three guards last night and uh, as well with like Austin, D'Lo and Dennis. Right. And I think that's, we, we closed you know, until D'Lo fouled out and then yes. we played. Ruby. Yeah, it, it, exactly. Yeah. Which, you know, might have you talked about this before. This might have been a blessing in disguise because we needed Rui's, you know, rebounding like in the in overtime, especially. I thought Rui was huge um, with that. But yeah, it's interesting. We'll see what, what kind of buttons hand presses. But I think Rui's been just so consistent on defense that like you can live with the bad offensive nights as well. And um, Vanderbilt's such a negative on you know offense to where if teams load up on him and Anthony Davis doesn't have it going and LeBron can't drive past his man, it's tough to have another negative guy out there along with like Dennis as well. So it's just nice to have Rui out there who looks fearless. He you know you put him on the wing, they help over. You know he's aggressive. That you know big D-low three was a Rui swing, uh, or yeah. or was, you know so like that. Those are like huge, you know, plays where I think he's really mentally engaged and uh, looks ready for the moment. And you never know until you get to this point. So, so we have a question uh, from the YouTube 
-hmm. from the YouTube chat. Uh, if you guys want to ask questions, the, the easiest way to do it is to fire up YouTube and just send your chat in that way. Um, and then, you know, we, I'll, I'll read them, uh, and display them up here. So, uh, Jordan, uh, was asking, um, should we be concerned with fatigue on Lakers? Cause LeBron and AD looked really good, or they looked gassed in, late in the fourth last night. Um, what do you think about that? You think we should be worried about it? Uh, yeah. I mean, they did look kind of tired. I thought LeBron looked gassed for sure at the end of that game. Um, but I mean, it's the playoffs. Like you're going to be tired. This is kind of you know how it is you have a day off between every game so hopefully you can close the series out and have you know a break but a little concern i think i thought lebron looked tired but other than that i thought everyone else ad had the hip thing um which for now, i think we're just gonna have a different thing <laughs> you know every like every every game uh, every, yeah there's gonna be something you know chris haynes was doing like uh anthony davis is rubbing his hip i'm like i don't like like you know, I don't, I don't want to, don't want to hear this. Or it's like a fourth quarter tie game. Like don't, don't, don't give me that right now. Um. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm not too concerned about the fatigue for me. Like you're here now. You got through the playing. You're not playing eight games in 14 days. Um, but what do you, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think, uh, I think the physicality of Memphis, this Memphis team, um, is underrated or under talked about. And I mm. think that because of that, these guys are getting fatigued a little bit more. And I think that's why we're seeing them compartmentalize, just kind of focus that where their their energy is going to be, LeBron and, and AD specifically. Um, so, like, if we play the Kings or the Warriors, I don't know if it'll be as physical next round because of this just the style of play and, and the roster that the, the opposing team has. They, they're more jump-shooting-oriented teams. They're not teams that try to bully you in the paint. They're not teams that roster a bunch of guys that'll bully you defensively. Also, in that in that same manner, they're more teams that like to run up and down the floor. Whereas Memphis is, <clears throat> they've got one guy, John Morant, who will fly up and down the court. Um, yeah. And the rest of the guys will just bully the hell out of you the entire game as much as they can. Uh, and so it's it's just one of those things where I think it's just this series is taxing on them physically a little bit more than it normally would be, but it shouldn't be the case next series. And if the other thing is also their conditioning might come up. Like with the, yeah. I think we talked about before the series started, like the last five, six games of the season that we played were kind of, you know, like pointless games and yeah. we weren't playing like playoff basketball reps. We were just kind of, let's get this regular season over with. And then we played Minnesota, Minnesota super physical. Mm -hmm. uh, and now there's Memphis series. Memphis is super physical. So like, there's also like a level of like conditioning within the playoffs that you have to get to that you can't really prepare for. Um, you know, you saw it with like Kawhi entry, like Kawhi played for a, a good amount of the season. And then what ends up happening is, you know, he sprains his knee, not saying that, you know, it, it might've been a freak incident or something like that, but sometimes the physicality can lead to those kind of injuries, ankle right. sprains and, and knee sprains and stuff like that. And it's because your body's not conditioned for that. So I think, you know, LeBron's very smart with his body. Anthony Davis just, you know, he's going to get hurt if he gets hurt the way he does. But LeBron's very aware of, like, what, what could result in injury and stuff like that. And I think he's been pretty careful. You know, he's been pretty good since since the foot injury. So um, yeah. I, th I think I think he should get less physical, I would hope, in, in the next round. Yeah, this is probably the most physical team that um, we're going to play, and I think it's the best defensive team. But, yeah, I can't – like, injuries are injuries, right? Like, I can't worry about that. Worrying about injuries is, like, such a – fatal concept because they, you're not you can't control that whatever happens with those is what happens you just pray for good health 
you know, from the basketball gods and hopefully, you know, you do things the right way. Um, but, you know, so I want to ask you this one because I think this is the most – a Lakers Twitter, I think this is the biggest conversation yeah. out there. So uh, and Andre Abrams with this question, what's the logic behind not playing – behind not playing Wenyon or Mo Bamba. What do you, what's the logic to you? Um, and I'm going to add to this question, Andre. Uh, do you think that they play going forward uh, in the playoffs? Yeah, so I think I think the logic behind not playing Mo and not playing, um, not playing Wenyon was, I think, if, if I'm going to say, because I've said before that Ham has been tactical with the defensive deployments, I think he thought that playing Rui at the five defensively would be okay versus like mm-hmm. if they play Santi Aldama. Like at, remember, I think we talked about before the series started, they don't play traditional fives, especially without Steven Adams uh, right. available. Uh, the the other five they would have had would have been Brandon Clark. And he's more of like a four that's really hyper athlete sort of four. Yeah. Right. And so like they may have been in, of the mind that, it makes more like whatever defensive ability that we're going to get and rebounding we're going to get out of Wenyan, we can still get that out of Rui while still getting the offensive ability that Rui has. Um, and then obviously they probably were like, okay, if this doesn't work, then we're going to shift in this direction. And for the most part, like they've, they, Rui's held his ground in those minutes. Like they're not winning those minutes overwhelmingly. A lot of times they're losing those minutes, but they're not getting blasted so badly that it's, it's costing them the entire game. Right. And, in game four, they won those minutes. And, and yeah. as a result, that was a big part of the game. I would wonder, so obviously, like, if you go to Wenyan or Bamba, that puts your rotation at, like, 10 to 11, right? Which is already just way too many guys. I would think, and I want to know what you think, Bamba, I think, is just not playing. Like, he didn't. He would miss four weeks to close the regular season. You're not throwing him out, out there in playoff-level minutes um, unless it's garbage time. But I think Wenyan has at least... So a lot of guys on this team, the trade to, from Minnesota obviously it gets a lot of the attention. But Benet, a lot of the guys getting minutes here have been here all year still. Like, yeah, Dennis has been here. Troy Brown has been here. Like, those are guys that have been here all season. I think Wenyan's part of that group. Like, he's mm-hmm. he, like he's in that like helped us win games when we needed it. Um, I would think about doing the Rui Lebron Wenyan second unit instead of Beasley there with Dennis and Troy or whatever as your second unit. I would or Austin, right? Or have a guard in there, but I'd really consider um distributing Malik's minutes if he's this bad of shooting and obviously he's such a he's he's so deplorable on defense. Having Winion in his spot, I know that's not a small big substitution, but I would think about that as a cuz I think Winion's good enough to where like to buy you some backup minutes. I don't think this was the series for him. We talked about that and that 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 ring true. Uh, I just think Memphis attacks you physically in a way that really attacks Winion's weaknesses, which is physicality and, you know, all that stuff. But I think laterally, like in a, in a fast paced spirit series, moving up and down, I think Winion can move. I think he can laterally move. I think he, he can be a backup center in those minutes, but this series, I don't think he's playing, but uh, yeah, I think going forward, I'd, I'd like at least to see it. Winion got one minute last night. He got one minute the night before, not really fair to him i don't know what he's gonna do in a minute like i don't even know what the point was to throw him in there for one minute um but yeah i'm interested to see if he gets minutes bomba i've kind of lost hope for i think bomba's a next season thing or a trade you know peace thing 
Yeah, I, I, I'm not. I'm not holding my breath on Bamba getting any minutes. Uh, yeah, and I think we covered it before. Like when they when they signed Tristan, there was like something weird about that. Like you didn't sign him to be a cheerleader, uh, and like we could have actually like, there's. I'm sure there's like a wing somewhere out there that we could have actually signed um, mm. if you were going to go with this. Um, you know, the lesser amounts. This lack of center thing, I know, is a thing that's also. Like I see Warrior fans complain about it. They complained about it all season, last season. And they ended yeah. up like they ended up deploying like like Gary Payton Jr. ended up playing or Gary Payton the second the second ended up playing way more minutes um uh, because he was just really, really good defensively and because the teams that they were playing against were playing three guards at a time. So he needed to be out there more than a big <clears throat> big needed to be out there. And they play like Draymond at the five and they play Wiggins at the four, and now they're doing mm-hmm. like Wiggins, Kaminga, and Draymond all at the same time, and they're running a zone um, and, and balancing the offense, defense, and stuff like that out. So the Lakers may just be thinking about it in that regards too. They're like, hey, we have to play smaller so we can maintain the spacing. Again, Dennis is not shooting well from mm-hmm. three. LeBron is not shooting well from three. So you can't put Wenyan out there because if you put Wenyan out there, then that's another non-shooter that's on the floor. Troy is not really a high-volume three-point shooter. He's more like a the ball swung all the way around and came to him. Is that a guy you're actively looking for? Yeah. Beasley's defense is an issue in itself, like you described. So it just may be one of those things where they don't want to put too many non-shooters on the floor um, in general, and that's why he's not getting it. But I do think in the next round, he can definitely play against either team because the Kings uh, can be soft on the glass. We've seen that in this series with the Warriors. And the Warriors can certainly be soft on the glass too um, in that regards. <clears throat> and so you don't have to necessarily worry about, you know, when you're getting bullied too much uh, by either team against her. Like the Kings have, I think, um, Alex Len backing him up uh, as, right. as their backup. Like he's not like a big, super burly center. He, um, he wasn't even in their rotation. He's only playing because of the Warriors, right? Like right. he's like right. Sabonis has been so – Sabonis he's has been awful. physically yeah. – he's been physically removed from that series in a way yeah. I didn't expect. But Alex Len has like – outplayed him in some in, yeah. in some instances so they've they've needed him but but yeah yeah and and you know against the warriors too like the warriors basically play draymond uh, at the five as their backup five when looney's off the floor um right. they did something that i thought that they should have done last game not to cover them is now they're they split draymond and looney up because they ran into the same exact situation they have too many non-shooters on the floor it makes it too easy <laughs> to defend them if you have two guys that you just know are not and then Draymond's just—he just straight up doesn't shoot the ball. Like he's yeah, um, not to the Ben Simmons level, but you know he's—he's going to actively look for certain guys. Um, and so it forced Steve Kerr to f- split them up, and they, he may continue to do that. Uh, he may reset back to a normal lineup in the next round um, if they advance or whatever it is. But um, certainly, I think Wendy can help out, and and then it won't require—you know—maybe Bron's legs are a little bit more fresh um, in that series because we're, we're we have a. You know, another size body with Rui to help help defend uh, the paint and stuff like that. So, I, I yeah. think it's a really good question. Um, but I think yeah. we both agree that next next series might be a better series for him for them to play. Uh, really quickly, I see two more people ask about Lonnie. Um, so I guess we can get into him for a little bit. But really quick on Troy Brown, you brought him up. I think it's I think it's interesting. He's so we just had a whole conversation about Rui and Austin Wright really being up for the physicality. Troy Brown to me is someone who's really been impact. Like his shots aren't even close. Like they're like his threes are like hitting backboard. He his only three he made this series. I don't know if you remember Vinay. He banked it in 
Um, he banked in a three uh, in game. Uh, I believe it was game one of this series. Uh, but yeah, uh, or game two was it? Let me check here. Game one, he banked in a three. It put us up ten. But other than that, Troy Brown's threes aren't even close. He's yeah. only taken eight. He's only taken eight threes this series, and. I think the defense, like in the playoffs, those closeouts are a little bit harder. Teams are a lot more physical, and I think he's been impacted by that. So just interesting looking at guys who – Troy Brown shot, shot 38% for us this year from three, 38% on like pretty good volume, and he can't even get them up in the series. And when he does, they are um, they're not even close. So just, again, just putting in context how good Austin is in this playoffs. Like it's, The playoff jump is tough, even for vets – Troy Brown's not a vet, but he's been in the league for a few years. That playoff experience is uh is rough. So, um, but yeah, I think we have questions on Lonnie Walker. Um, yes, I think I'm. So, I think I'm in. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was just gonna read the question. Uh, okay. I was, I was, yeah. So the, the questions are basically: Does Lonnie does Lonnie get more? One question is: Does Lonnie deserve a chance over Beasley? Uh, and then the yeah. other question is: Does Lonnie get more playing time over Rui because of the speed? You know, if we play the Warriors and not the Kings because of the speed and stuff like that. Uh, but go ahead. You, you, you had some thoughts. Oh, uh, I, I, I was saying, I think I'm in the minority on this, at least on Lakers Twitter and stuff. I, I don't think Lonnie should be playing. Like I, like I think I want the rotation shortened and I think like putting Lonnie in first, I think it's not fair, not just to him, but just like, uh, he's just not going to have the role on this team where he can chuck shots. He comes in when it's just, I'm chucking, like I'm, I'm throwing them up. And sometimes they go in and we, we, lam- we lamented how skilled he is and how much we like his game. Just playoff situation. I think it's tough for a guy who hasn't been in our real rotation to just throw him in now, you know, game five of a first round playoff series where you're trying to close the team out or even next round. Um, so I'm in the, like, if you're going to, if you're going to just take out Malik Beasley's minutes, just remove his minutes. You don't have to replace them with Lonnie Walker, um, which, yeah, I think I'm in the, but what do you, what do you think about that? Yeah. So I, I don't think, I don't think um, I'm, I'm in, on the same boat with you. Like I, this Lakers Twitter also does this thing where they, again, always the disclaimer, because I don't want people to hear this and be like, Oh, he's telling us how we should be. What's Brian was wrong. But like my, my thing is always like, just because one thing is not working well consistently, mm-hmm. The, the solution isn't just to remove it and replace it. Sometimes right. they have to learn to figure out how to play through. And sometimes it's just a situational thing. Memphis's scouting report on Beasley, we know Desmond Bain has said, we're not going to let him get open shots because, and like even the bad shots he's taking are highly contested shots. Like yeah. somebody's always closing out on him. He's hardly getting wide open ones. Um, and, you know, he's not shooting that well. So sometimes the solution isn't just to, We'll get rid of him and put another guy because then that it, it I can see it creating like the human part of it is like I could see it being like, well, I don't even know what I have to do to get minutes now anymore. Like, yeah, I'm playing good defense, but I'm not making shots. So am I getting benched because I'm not making shots or is it because and, you know, to be fair, Lonnie isn't that much of an upgrade um, defensively over Beasley. Like he's he's had his own struggles, too, um, to some degree. But I, I think the way you explained it, is I don't think it's fair to Lonnie because it would. Like if, if guys got injured and stuff like that, then yeah, of course, play him. But like it, he wouldn't be subbed in as like a, like a, oh, we need your help, Lonnie. He'd be subbed in like, oh, thank God, we just get busy, busy. Like that's that's the sentiment behind adding, giving Lonnie minutes. It's like, oh, busy's terrible. Get him out of here. Put Lonnie in instead. Yeah. But well, if Lonnie doesn't play any better, then you're gonna be like, oh, Lonnie sucks even more than Beasley does. Mm-hmm. Get Beasley back in there, right? And so like 
the sentiment behind it does matter. I, mean, I, I don't think coaches look at it that way in general. Like I think Ham looks at it as which guy is going to give me defense, which one has chemistry, like with the guys that are on the floor um, and which guys can do like the bare minimum instructions offensively to ask him. So it's like for Malik, it's like, look, we're not calling any sets for you run play defense, run, run baseline to baseline or whatever it is, run corner to corner and be ready to shoot it. If LeBron or Dennis or D'Lo or whoever gives you the ball. Um, like I've watched plays where the first action is a setup backup for Malik and the Lakers have not hit Malik at, at all, even once yeah. on those back cuts when he, when he makes those. And like, I'm watching the guy that's defending him have their back turned to the guy with the ball. And it's usually cause like Dennis is on the floor. Dennis doesn't take throw those passes. It's very risky for him. But like he nobody has hit him on those because LeBron's yeah. never on the floor. And he's really the only guy who would attempt that pass. Maybe Austin too. But like nobody's hit him on them. So it's just like, okay, they're just not gonna give him the ball. He's he's just a floor spacer and he's got to defend his position. He's a three and D guy, just like Troy is. So Lonnie's not like that. Like Lonnie needs rhythm. No. He's not a catch right. and shoot guy. He needs to get downhill. So like if Dennis goes down maybe Lonnie's minutes go up or if Malik goes down or Troy goes down, like, yeah, maybe Lonnie's minutes go up. Cause we need somebody to be attacking offensively, but it's just at this point, I don't think it's kind of, it's, it's like the Mo Bama thing. Like, like we also yeah. signed, we also signed Shaq Harrison. Like <laughs> why did we sign Shaq? You know, like, Shaq, like obviously it's something beyond this season, but it's just, if, if you weren't going to break the seal on him playing games one through three, I don't think yeah. you're going to do it now. Like, uh, but who knows? Maybe, maybe it's a different game plan, um, in the next series. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, people ask me where Max Christie, like, Max Christie is not playing. Like, like you can, you can dead all that, you know. And, and, you know, I think, so I think Lonnie, like, he had a game against Memphis. LeBron wasn't back yet, or or LeBron missed the game. I forgot what it was, but it was in Memphis, no LeBron. And Lonnie had a great game. Like, I think Mm -hmm. he scored like 27 points. Um, but he got a bunch of shots. Like, he, he was in rhythm, got baskets. Um, but like, you're, he's not going to get that opportunity here. Like you have all the guards are back. Uh, but then we have an empty injury report, which is just the most crazy thing ever. I don't know if you see that every day, but I see the injury reports tweeted out and it says like no one on the injury report, which is just, you know, incredible, um, that we're here, but yeah, Lonnie, there's just no minutes where he can get a bunch of pick and rolls to run. And he just comes in and you could tell he's like, Oh, I got to get my 10 points. Like I got to get my 10 points or. I'm not playing next game or like you could tell it's just in his head. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think he's gonna, I don't think he's gonna play going forward. I think we have our rotation. I think we talked about it. Wenyan can probably enter like in some form or fashion. You're already seeing it a little bit. Ham's like throwing him in for one or two minutes a game. I think that can, you know, go up. I just don't see anyone else entering right now. And I don't want them to like this rotation should be nine, max to me and right now we're already playing 10 you enter you know those guys in it makes like 11 and that's too much for the playoffs like get your rotation down and uh go from there yeah it's 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 just too it's just too hard um unless you have a very specific and remember lonnie's role player so it's like you have to give him very specific instructions as to what you want him to do because we like our team is not a good freestyle offense team we're very very bad at freestyle like we will do some dumb stuff if we're allowed to freestyle. Lonnie's like one of those guys where you have to give him instruction or else he'll just come down and shoot the first three that he sees, um, which sometimes goes in, sometimes doesn't. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think we should shorten the rotation. Um, I don't see any other questions here. Uh, and I don't see any questions from the space. 
Uh, Raj, was there anything else? We covered a lot. We covered a lot of players. Yeah. Talked about their series so far. But what do you, do you have any thoughts? Quick thoughts on like Game Five? I know we didn't preview it. I think honestly, like I I, I think we're gonna lose that game, but just because I think Memphis <laughs> is gonna come out like really crazy desperate. If we yeah. win it, amazing. We get extra days of rest. But I, I think the Lakers are gonna be okay with trying to close them out at home. Honestly, I think by this point of the series, like so, the playoff series goes back and forth, and then by like game four ish five, everyone's kind of thrown their punch, right? Like what they're going to be. You can adjust so much, but at some point, you are what you are. Like there's only so many mind games and stuff you can pull and adjust, like adjustments to the adjustment to the counter. Like by this time, like Memphis knows what we're running. We're no, we know what Memphis is running, and. Like the better team usually wins in a seven game series. It's kind of how it works. And uh, yeah, I think we found a really nice base defense that we can live in. I think, you know, our offense has been up and down. Both teams didn't shoot well, but yeah, I think we covered, you know, all of it. Hopefully they close it out and we can kind of get to previewing uh, round two between two teams that are about to have a dogfight tomorrow uh, between the Warriors um, and the Kings. Uh, so yeah, should be, should be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, that's, I'll be, I'll be interested to see how they respond. Um, yeah. And if we can shorten the series by, you know, getting game five, that would be amazing. Cause you know, that gives extra rest to all of our guys and more time to scout and do practices um, and, and just all the stuff that goes on with it. But uh, Raj, as always, this was a fantastic time. We hit the yeah. hour 40 mark, which seems to be the, the <laughs> somehow we can't seem to get this to go lower because we're always yeah. just, there's so much detail to talk about when it comes to this team, like small things and plays and, and themes that have just kind of shown up over and over again uh, throughout this series. And I think the re- one of the things, last things I'll say is that the reason why this is a fun exercise to do is because a, I didn't do it, you know, when we were in the playoffs, like I wasn't having these kind of kind of conversations um, with you uh, at least on video or, or in space. But secondly, it feels like I'm, we're still learning the team. Like we're still oh, yeah. learning about all these guys. And I feel like I'm learning something new about LeBron or I'm learning something new about even AD, um, learning something new about Austin, even though we watch him in so much detail and you rewatch them 10 times in detail. So <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, it's just fun. Like whatever happens at the end of all this, it's just really, really fun to learn not just the basketball character of this team, but like that, like the human character of these players and to discuss it on a personal level um, and, and, and in this level yeah. of details. So um, as always, Raj, uh, this was a ton of fun. Uh, I want to thank all the folks that jumped into the space, the folks that jumped into the YouTube live stream. If you want to like, subscribe, you can. You don't have to if you don't want to. But as always, we appreciate you guys taking the time to allow us to uh, talk about Lakers basketball and sitting with us here um, and listening to it with us. So. Uh, if nothing else, I hope we hope you enjoy it um, during the day or the evening when you hear it. And uh, we'll see you in the next one. Yep. Have a good night.